Welcome back to Crosstalk, the, well, let's just call it what it is, cross-table discussion about cross-type topics. I'm Sam O'Banion. That's Nick Pannone. You can imagine the table that exists right here. The, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the Lord's table. The Lord's <laughs> table. Know. It's an imaginary ethereal table uh-huh. where like-minded individuals discuss things, maybe disagree, very rarely, mm-hmm. <laughs> mostly just get into things they like about versus... It's a it's a progressive disagreement, right? Like we, it's a sharpening. Yeah, not a not a hatred thing. Well, I wouldn't even. Most of my disagreements aren't hatred. Yeah, this is more of a interpretive. Yeah, yeah. pruning maybe. Yeah, like it's a sharpening. Yeah, it's it's iron sharpening iron. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, that's good. We're okay. I think it's good for people to hear healthy disagreement. Mm. Um, with that, I don't know that we're going to disagree with much. We're this not going to disagree right? about anything. I think we've only disagreed about like three things in this. Yeah. And three books. Yeah. And it was all in clean. Not bad. We need to do better than knowing. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's try. I'm just going to start. Hey, how about this? How about this? Uh, happy April Fool's Day. Woo! There you go. Happy first day of Major League Baseball. Uh, nobody cares about that. Uh, see now, see there. There's how we disagree. I like baseball this, when I'm at the game. Th- this is how we disagree right here. I'd rather watch. I'd, I wouldn't rather watch golf, but it's close to watching golf. Oh, that's too bad, <sighs> man. That's too bad. I've watched so much soccer and basketball in the last two weeks. It's been listen, man. Quite often, this is when my team is tied for first, and it's the day I get to say that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the day that I go. We're starting. They start a season. I'm excited. It'll be interesting. Uh-huh. I mean, the Cardinal. I'm the Cardinals fan. Uh-huh. So we always end up somewhere near the top. Yeah. Usually, they're gonna have a good season too. You know, without injury. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, yeah, I don't know. What's not? This is gonna be. People obviously to, tune in to hear us. Welcome to the South Rock Baseball Podcast. <laughs> we ought to do that because yeah. I could. I could do that one. <laughs> I'm your. I'm your host, Homer Belts. I don't know. I was trying to think of like <laughs> there you go. Like a weatherman name, but like for baseball. There there you go. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're in Philippians. We are in Philippians. <laughs> yeah. the, this is the third installment of Philippians for those of you who listen. Uh so we'll be in Philippians 1, 12 through eighteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eighteen, 18 kind of gets split. 18 a yeah. and B, but not C. <laughs> it's gonna be one of the we've done this before. We're gonna address eighteen today and then we'll have to address it again. Uh, next time. I printed it off, as I always do, and I left off the last three words, okay. or four words. Okay. Because, yeah, you'll see why. Yeah, it's it, it just it's a weird place to put a verse number. Yep. So we'll blame we'll blame people from thousands of oh, years yeah. ago. I mean, clearly. I didn't, put ago, the, I, I didn't put it together. That's right. <laughs> I'm just read. We're just messengers here. Yeah. <laughs> Which literally the theme of what we're... Yeah. What oh, we're, yeah. yeah. Nice. I <laughs> like, like that. like what you did there. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I'll read. Okay. And then let's just jump in and we can talk about we can backtrack or four track. Yeah. Whatever that would be. <laughs> I don't know. Track. I don't know. We're we're losing our expertise here. <laughs> we're doing great. Uh I'm Homer Belts. That's right. Go <laughs> okay. for it, Homer. Here's what it says in the ESV Philippians 1, 12 through 18. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of the selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? 
Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. And then the last four words that I'm leaving off is, yes, I will rejoice, yes. which goes very well with the next uh, bit. Yeah, very popular word in in Philippians. Yeah. Um, hey, just just a, a little bit to kind of know what we're doing here to kind of bridge this to even last week. Um we keep making a big deal over a couple things with Philippians, and I think it's probably right for us to do that. That mm-hmm. it it's it's a the church in Philippi is a very Paul's very close to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, not not just to the organization of the church, but to the people of the church. Yeah, um, they most likely provided him with a very large gift for a couple reasons. One, they're very close to Paul. Two, uh, and we're talking financial gift. Yeah. Uh, two, they that's a pretty well off area. Money, 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 money. Exactly. Oh yeah, we're I was supposed to say this. Happy Monday Thursday to you also. Happy Monday Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, anyway. It it, it <laughs> a lot of things going on today. I'm sad I missed Shrove Thursday, which is my favorite of the Thursdays. The Shrove Thursday. Shrove I'm, Thursday. I'm I'm a Monday Thursday guy. So, uh, anyhow, um. <laughs> There's personal personal nature of this, and this is not the only time Paul ever mentions uh, his hardships or his imprisonment or um, it, things that 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 come along with that. But this is most commentators make a big deal about how early he brings this up. Mm-hmm. All right, now I want to give you four reasons why he does this. This serves as a little bit of a bridge from last week to this week. Yeah. First of all, Epaphroditus, we know already, has been sent to Paul to check in on him probably carrying that large financial gift. Um, and to kind of check what's going on, it's a, it, this is a weird thing that Paul would be arrested. Essentially, the charge is being a Christian. Yeah. Right? Um, he has not done anything that's actually against the law. Matter of fact, um, even more so because at this point, everyone knows he's a Roman citizen. Mm-hmm. All right? So Christianity is not illegal, but Paul was ultimately a test case for how the emperor or Caesar is going to yeah. respond to this. <laughs> Paul was arrested for being a Christian, and they were like, well, it's not really illegal. And he went, make it illegal. I, I dare it, you. It's pretty close to that. <laughs> we oversimplified some things there, but oh, it's yeah. pretty close to this, okay? So Paul addresses quickly um, to the Philippians uh, here first, because also the one coming back with the letter is Epaphroditus. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to get a firsthand account of him anyway. So he doesn't get detailed in addressing his imprisonment, because Epaphroditus can fill in the details but let's go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. All right. Also, um, persecution often does result in division, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of times persecution happens, uh, people scatter. Uh, now, we have also seen historically that results in the growth of the church. Um, if you want to squelch the church's mission and their, their movement, don't persecute them. <laughs> Let that's them a, thrive. That's a terrible idea. Leave them alone. The, the church under persecution is forced to rely on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, also, Paul has a close relationship to the Philippians, and so they are very concerned. They gave a good, big gift. I will also say this. The, the other reason why it shows up so early in the book of the letter to the Philippian church is because it's a short letter. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of space in there, and this is what it's all about. Uh, go forward. Okay. That said... That transitions the things that we have been reading sort of introductively to the Philippians into Paul saying, hey, I want you to know, brothers, that what's happened to me really served to advance the gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay, So let, let's talk about that 12th verse. Yeah, let's All do right. it. Okay. 
Paul's hardship. Um, Takatemi, all right, um, which is, I, I want you to know what has happened to me. What has happened to me? It's literally the things to me. Um, it, he's, he's probably, there's specific things that they all know about. In Acts, these are the events that led him to imprisonment, mm-hmm. okay? So these are the things to me that Paul's referring to most likely. Uh, he, first, there's a riot, two-year imprisonment at Caesarea, the appeal to Caesar, the threat on his life, uh, the trip to Rome, including the shipwreck, uh, house arrest, and now his impending trial, and that's sort of the area they're in. Potentially, there's other stuff that's happened while in prison in Rome, and yeah. that's that could be referring to that too. I want you to know, brothers, ta kat me, the things to me, um, and the purpose of them for Paul is that they serve to advance the gospel. Mm-hmm. Y- y- you want to know some things about that word advanced? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'd love to know more about advanced. Procopacay. Procopacay. Yeah. Procope. There you go. Sorry. I'm trying to put the the, the emphasis on the right syllable there. Yeah. It's procope. Yeah. Procope. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know that this is used in three ways in our ancient Greek stuff that we have. Mm. All right. One, in one place, it talks about blazing a trail before an army. In another place, it's speaking of philosophical progress toward wisdom. Or another way of thinking of that is uh, um, be like the evolution of wisdom in one's mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the only the third way is the progress of a young minister. This this just became my favorite Greek word, I think. There you go. Prokope. Prokope. You can say it better than I can. It's a fascinating word, and Paul uses it to, um, in reference to the gospel being either blazed on a trail mm-hmm. or used to expound on wisdom in the advancement of the ministry. Yeah. Right? And that word gospel is going to be very, very relevant throughout all this text right here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So just so we know, when we read gospel, the, the what we're reading is good news. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's going to be very critical because I think that gets lost on some things and gets lost in some translation uh, for those who who preach through this or teach through this passage. Yeah, it's so. it's a little bit it's a little bit less so I think, but one of those Christianese words, gospel, that people kind of throw out there and we forget that that means good news. It means good news. <laughs> I, don't, I listen. If we asked a hundred people what does gospel mean, I would I would bet most of what I have that most people would say it's a genre of music or a genre of book. I was going to say, they either say Matthew, Mark, Luke, or genre of music. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I like that a lot, the idea of uh, procope uh, of the gospel. So it's like blazing a trail, but also developing in my, like my imprisonment has developed in people's minds this good news. That's a uh, something that I think you read and you miss without that original language, which is why we're here <laughs> to like ex- explain like, no, this is like, he's saying this is a, I, I'm imagining like, a, like time-lapse videos of flowers growing or mm-hmm. like plants growing, you know, like that's because of my imprisonment. Look at all the f- seeds that are growing now. Yes. Because of that. Well, I think that's a good point because it's really easy to read this 
and see that Paul has proclaimed him a victim of circumstance, and mm-hmm. he clearly does not see it that way. Yeah, that it's a it's a charting of the territory here. And talk about application. Yeah, I mean, have you have you ever been shipwrecked on your way to imprisonment and death? No. Well, then guess what? Everything you like, even that, it was serves to advance the gospel. So even our like when we stub our toe and go, oh, this is the worst day ever. Like, yeah. well, you can still use anything to advance the gospel. Well, like, and and that's not to lighten, to make light of suffering. Oh, right. No, There's, of course not. It, it, it's not at all. But it's a mindset and a lens in which to view that suffering. Mm-hmm. Okay, I life is suffering. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just that's just what it is. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Sunshine Podcast. Welcome to the Sunshine Podcast. The sunshine is that it, it serves to advance the gospel. Yeah. That's that's the good news, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and I think that that's probably pretty imperative for those of us that that believe on the on on these words. Yeah. Is okay. How is this circumstance able to serve to advance the gospel? Yep. Paul tells us, at least for his mm-hmm. right. So in thirteen, so that it became it be so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. I love this verse. Mm-hmm. All right. First of all, it's a it's a henna uh, phrase. It's a, one of the I think we talked about this last week. Yeah, um, I believe so. Yeah, so that or henna clause, I guess is is what it is. It's a it, henna so that so this exists for the purpose. Here's the purpose um, that has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Now you can't see this, but I'm showing Sam this. I mapped out. The the, the, it's the the little word map that, that yeah. we have right here. Okay. Cool thing about this, right? It has become known. Um, this this become known for Christ, right? Is mm-hmm. is is the phrase? That's the actual word order here. It's phanerus uh, uh, in Christo genestai. That's the word phrase. Literally, uh, uh, I guess that's yeah. right. Um, manifestation in Christ became. Yeah, that's what that that's what it is. Um, this is here's the reason why I bring this up and why I get a little confused on because the word order is messing with my head a little bit. Um, it's a very important phrase that he says right here. He's saying throughout the imperial guard that it has become known that he is a prisoner for Christ. Mm-hmm. He's not a prisoner for Rome, or in he's not a Roman prisoner. Yeah, they know his imprisonment is his chains are to Christ, not to Rome. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Like, and it's become known, right? It, it's not not that they that he annoys them with it or that he's making this up. It's that they know this. Yeah, that's a reference also back to ch- chapter one, verse one. You know, Paul and Timothy. Prisoners of Christ are slaves to Christ mm-hmm. in chains for Christ. Um, so they know the purpose of Paul's imprisonment. The Imperial Guard knows the purpose of this. All right, Imperial Guard. Yeah. Yes. I love the Imperial Guard. Yeah. The par- I think more people have heard of the actual Greek word or the Latin word for it than if they hear Imperial Guard, they go, I don't like, okay. But if you hear the word Praetorian Guard, mm-hmm. most people go, oh, yeah, I've heard. Praetorian before, mm-hmm. uh, 
maybe because it's in Star Wars, but yep. also for other reasons. Well, they stole it from yeah. the original Greek, which the Latin also transliterated yeah. uh, to Praetorium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What do you have on Praetorium? Man, um, just I have... I don't know what the actual Latin word Praetorian means. Do you? Yeah, here's okay. my word map. I was going to say, I don't know what the word means. I know what the Praetorian Guard is and does and how that all works. I don't know what the Praetorian word means, though. Okay, so Praetoria, Praetorium is, uh, it literally means cohort. Okay. Okay, so as it as it is linked to the the organized function of the guard, mm-hmm. right? Um, it is the physical bodyguards of the emperor. Yeah, it's secret service. Y- y- yeah, secret. Well, the not so secret service. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. That's we say secret service. If you say secret service today, you're not like, ooh, what's that? Yeah. Like everybody knows what the secret service is. They're they'll take you out. <laughs> like, they, they they will a- absolutely. The same thing with the Praetorian Guard. You, and even in their dress like they weren't allowed to dress as legionnaires they had to dress like kind of secretly and yeah unless they were told otherwise they got to blend in with the crowd and also stand out yeah. in the crowd but it's the innermost circle of guard mm-hmm. okay so you made a star wars reference earlier think of the guys in red yeah that would be praetorium if you're not a star wars fan don't worry about it if you're a star wars fan think of the guys in red <laughs> that's what we're talking about now specifically in rome it's nine. Mm-hmm. It, it's a it's a bodyguard of nine cohorts. Yeah. Okay. But here's the issue. All right. There's a there's a translation issue with this. Mm. Uh, some, uh, like the ESV that we read from, will say the the imperial guard, right? And some will talk about like a place. Mm. Okay. So the Praetorium could refer to a place, which would be more like the barracks. Okay. What where he is chained to. That's the case. We're reading this that everyone in the barracks knows that I'm not chained to this. I am chained to Christ. Yeah. All right. Um, if it's people, which is what I believe we should translate this as. Agreed. Okay. Yep. That he had because he's a weird prisoner, mm-hmm. right? His crime is being a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is technically not illegal yet in Rome. Yeah. So we don't know what to do with this, or, or the emperor doesn't know what to do with this. Everyone's waiting to see the emperor's response. Yeah, and worth noting, Octavian slash Augustus. Augustus. Yes. Thank you. I was going to say Augustine. That's okay. <laughs> that's not, that's Augustus. wrong. Yeah. He established, like, the Praetorian Guard was around for the Roman Republic, which was pre-Empire. Mm-hmm. as a whole thing. Uh, but he really established this, and he set up uh, multiple Imperial Guard or Praetorian Guard cohorts, if you will, like uh-huh. groups throughout his kingdom, throughout the empire, so that they could handle these kinds of situations at his will. So it was like, hey, there's a high-profile senator that needs protecting in this region, or Correct. hey, there's a prisoner that needs transported that's high-profile, we need you here. And a lot believe that that was in direct response to the slaying of Julius Caesar. Yeah. If he would have had Praetorian Guard with him. Yeah, and the two, like, he had, this is just fascinating to me, he had two uh, master equestrians that were head of the Praetorian Guard, and they were the only two people allowed to carry swords next to him. No one else was allowed to carry weapons near him. Correct. Because of probably (laughs) Julius Caesar. Yeah, well, but to... To, to kind of bring that back to this verse, though, um, the reason why I think it would be the Praetorium 
the people, yeah. right? So do you translate it as a place or do you translate it as people? I think it's people. I think he's making reference to people for two reasons. One, Paul's a unique prisoner. We don't know mm-hmm. what to do with him. So we're imprisoning him, but we also have to guard him. Yeah. Like we don't want to be... It, we don't want to be guilty of slaying a Roman citizen who is innocent. Mm-hmm. That's bad news. Yeah. At the same, and he has he has opposition, and he's he's caused riots in a couple cities. Well, he hasn't caused them, but because of his presence and preaching, Correct. he has caused riots in a couple places. So they are guarding him as much as they are imprisoning him. Yeah. Also, Paul's phrasing here is be, the manifestation in Christ has became known Mm -hmm. they have heard um so that's that's a that's a personal thing that's a personification thing Mm -hmm. people have heard the barracks haven't heard the people have heard yeah um that's wild that the guard knows that he is the only he could get out if he just says all right i listen let me let me go Mm -hmm. i'm i'm done messing with this but that that's what he is doing and it's serving to advance the gospel and it's reaching even the most influential places of the roman empire that's wild yeah that's wild Okay, verse 14. Um, and most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Um, kind of a cool thing going on right here, mm-hmm. okay? Um, specifically, I think he's mentioning the Roman church. He's, he's reporting what's going on in Rome. Yeah. All right. Uh, so two very real reactions to Paul being in prison, right? One, people are emboldened. In their evangel- evangel- evangelistic <laughs> efforts, the words it. today, man, words nailed it. Um, so pe- they're emboldened uh, to do this. Okay, yeah. Paul's not here to do this anymore. Let's go do it. Let's charge. We we've got a leader by example, which we have called this, by the way, the uh, um, uh, the incarnation principle, mm-hmm. because I'm exemplifying what it is to carry the gospel, others are also carrying the gospel. Yeah. Okay. Another reaction to this is that people, uh, that there's groups of people who are emboldened in their efforts to punish Paul. So they, they're also going to the guard or to Caesar or to Rome or whatever. Hey, that criminal needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Paul chooses to focus on the former. All right, he chooses in this text to focus on people are emboldened. They they're much more bold to speak the word without fear. Yeah, um, that that he's led the way. Hey, look, this can still happen because we're still in kind of uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. And as the map is being written, people are following that map. Um, the question is why, right? And this is what I wrote down. The question is why. One, I think because Paul's real crime is Christian. And it's not a real crime yet, and people are realizing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got space to do that. The territory can be covered, right? Let's do it. Full on charge. Here we go. And two, uh, the fear of imprisonment was demonstratively overcome by Paul. Like, look, I am in prison, but it's happening. It's serving to advance the gospel. Look, mm-hmm. it's not ending this. Life really hasn't ceased for the church. Yeah, it's full on charge. Look at the church rallying around this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty applicable. Also, that yeah. when we have an actual problem to solve, the church is amazing. Mm-hmm. When there's a real problem, not a fabricated one, right? Not not a problem of style, not a problem of 
personality conflict. That Those aren't real problems. I'm talking disaster happens. The church is at its best. Yeah. And I think this is this is a text that can speak into that. For sure. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Cool things. Yeah. The only thing I have for that verse, other, other than what you covered, mm-hmm. I like the word for much more, because that's one word, mm-hmm. and it's uh, perisoteros. Uh-huh. And it literally can be translated as like more, more, like more, yeah, more, <laughs> and so I, I just like that. Uh, are more, more bold to speak the word, and the word is logos, which is mm-hmm. important for all sorts of theological and philosophical reasons. Uh, it's which a living word we've covered a lot, and then uh, just the fact that without fear is one word. It's ah, which means you know mm-hmm. no, and then phobos, which yeah. is phobia. Yeah, Off no fear. Anyway. Against fear. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No, those those are good good things. And by the way, that's pretty normal in Greek when there's there's emphasis in literature mm-hmm. is to uh it's not good English, right? But it's it's absolutely it's good or Greek. It's good or Greek. It's good, good, it's Greek. It's good, good Greek, right? <laughs> um oh, there's sorry, my head went to a different place there. We won't go there. Okay. So Paul clarifies some things. Yes. Some in verse 15, indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. All right, this sets up the re- our rest of the way today. All right. Uh, so Paul distinguishes two groups that have been emboldened to preach. Yep. Right? Now, there is a literary pattern that happens throughout 15, 16, and kind of into 18. Yeah. All right? Um it, one person saw, called it a literary pattern of achaism. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The pattern is this. Uh, he mentions outside members or what we w- might refer to as opposition. Mm-hmm. Okay. He is using descriptive phrases to describe their motivation. And then he mentions supportive people, calls brothers. Yeah. All right, so he uses family family ties to that. So you, you see this in the language of this. So verse 15, he starts with the opposition. Some indeed, indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you did some work on the words. Did you look up those words? Uh, I did, but one was the only one, I think, envy. I could only find it as envy anywhere. Okay. All right. Speaking of butchering words, here it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pstanon. There are four vowels at the beginning of this word in English. All right. P-S-T-H. P-S-T-H. Sorry. It's the sound. I just made that sound. I was like, oh, it's the sound of a can opening. Yes. Or your, like, tire going flat. Yeah. Pstanos. It is literally the state of ill will towards someone because they have something you don't. Mm. Some have translated that as jealousy. I don't think that's jealousy. No. Jealousy is the desire of something you don't have. Envy is the desire of something someone else has that you want. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, I know that's splitting hairs a little bit, but God's not an envious jo- uh, God. He's a jealous God. Yeah. Right? And it's not that he doesn't have it. It's that he desires our affection, mm-hmm. and he's done everything to get it. It's not evil like some famous television hosts have said it is. Um, let's see. Whoa, lost my spot here. Rivalry Aaron. is the word eris. Yeah. Yeah. Eris. Aaron. Aaron. We've well, talked about this word before. In in the... It's eris, but in the uh, yeah. 
case that it's in the sentence it's Aaron. It's Aaron, which makes yeah, me it's, laugh. It's 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 dative case, yeah, right? It's, it's the object here. In English, it's E R I N. So all you Aaron's out there. That's right. Your your you name strife. literally means strife. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, by the way, it doesn't. And no, it doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. It's just no, it this just, word. It right just here. makes me laugh when yeah. I when I came to it. I'm like, ah, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, t- just talking about strife, that they do this out of strife, that the reason they preach is because they combat someone else. Mm-hmm. That sounds tiring to me. Oh my gosh. That I sounds, can't imagine. It sounds so tiring. So the idea is Paul goes and preaches somewhere, he gets arrested, so others come in and just preach against Paul. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the motivation. We're going to talk about motivation and intent a lot. Yeah, preach Christ, but against Paul. Which, yeah, which is really not preaching Christ at all. Yeah. At all. Um, it is in juxtaposition, though, of the second part of this phrase, which is of goodwill, mm-hmm. right? And the word eudokian. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. I know, eudokian. It sounds like a Japanese cartoon. Yeah, like the title of a book that yeah. you might read, eudokian. Like a fantasy novel. Yeah, which actually literally means pleasing or, mm-hmm. or uh, pleasing to someone, Yeah, right? Which, when you consider the gospel being good news, that that would be very pleasing. Mm-hmm. It'd be incredibly pleasing. Okay, here's here's the application, and, and this is the application that we need we need to apply apply <laughs> to the to the next couple of verses here. The call is to preach, but it's not just to preach; it's to preach the good news, mm-hmm. right? How many do we know have confused that? How many know that have not gone the extra mile with that? We are not lacking preaching in our culture. Yeah. Everything is preachy. Everybody's carrying a soapbox. Everybody is. It's called your cell phone. We don't need to sermonize anything. Um, The motivation should never be to sermonize, Mm -hmm. to preach. The motivation is the gospel. Yeah. And everything that that encompasses. Mm -hmm. All right. That's the difference between preaching... Uh, out of goodwill and preaching out of envy and rivalry. Yeah. Right. I do not, uh, a successful sermon is not successful because it's better than someone else's. A successful sermon is successful because, or a successful preacher is successful because the good news is either reaped or sowed. Yeah. That's it. I heard uh, one of the best sermons I heard at Bible college for chapel was a doctorate of worship um, at Lincoln Christian University, she came to mm-hmm. preach. But she was a she had her doctorate, and she was mm-hmm. a professor at Lincoln Christian. And she said, um, she kind of wrapped up her sermon by saying, "The only bad worship service is one that does not mention the cross." Sure, she's like, "That's the only." She's like, "You can have the best sermon, the best musicians, the best songs, great atmosphere, great crowd, but if Christ." being crucified isn't mentioned at least once, then you've blown it. Like, there's no point, because that's the whole reason we're here, is he yeah, died and came back. Yeah. yeah, why are we gathering? Yeah, and that's not may, church. may it never be our show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, may it never be. Yeah. Um, otherwise, envy and strife is going to be it. And for yeah, exactly. the love of the good news, please stop comparing people to other preachers. Mm-hmm. I... Us. Don't compare us to other preachers, <laughs> or but, or each other, even. or each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It oh, just a it, it reflects your motivation. Yeah, it's and we don't do that with anything else, really. Like I can't think of a time where I've listened to like 
I don't know. I've listened to the Beatles and I go, well, they're not a lot like the Beach Boys. And then I listen to like, I don't know, Mercy Me. And I go, well, they don't really sound like the Beach Boys. It's like, why is everything the Beach Boys? Yeah. Why is that the standard that we've set? Like, we don't need to sound like it's the whole it's uh, like I don't need to sound like Nick and Nick doesn't need to sound like Andy and Andy doesn't need to sound like Rick and the cycle of that. Major any lesson or sermon that we do or really anyone to truth. Yeah. To, to scripture. And that's the critique and critical thinking that needs to be applied. Yep. And then major yourself, not to us, not to whoever the preacher is, not to whoever, whatever super Christian you have in your head <laughs> is, may your standard be scripture. Yeah. And, and, and that the Holy Spirit's guidance through that. Okay. He emphasizes that very thing in 16 and 17. So 16, the latter, talking about uh, uh, the, the, those that, that preach from goodwill, the latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Another amazing phrasing going on here. Yeah. Okay. So my note, motivation and intent matter. For it sure. absolutely matters. Motivation and intent matter. So he says, those that preach out of love, which is our word agape, mm-hmm. all right? Knowing, which is our word oida, right? So it, talking about in their head. Yep. Okay. Um, so the, the mental thing that uh, uh, I do out of love, knowing that I am put here, that I'm here for the defense, and you know which word that is, right? Mm-hmm. Apologia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think... You need to double check this, but I think it's just this and Peter who use use this word. Apologia. Apologia. Hmm. Yeah. That I'm in the d- defense of the gospel. I'm they're not preaching out of my defense of my chains, they're in or my imprisonment. So I'm here for the defense of the gospel. That's why I'm arrested. Yeah. And, and you're correct. I just looked it up. Okay. Yep. Then again, the, uh, our word gospel, euangelion, mm-hmm. right? Keeps showing up, gospel, gospel, gospel. I'm in here in defense of the good news. Yeah, which is bizarre to be in prison <laughs> for carrying good news. Yeah, yeah, that is an interesting. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Yeah, the phrase, uh, "I am put here." Also, uh, that's yeah. Okay, I, a very interesting word. Kmi, kmi, one word. Yep. All right, what do you have on that? It's generally used. To mean to lie, and in, like to lie an infant down, or also to lie down like a corpse, someone to be buried, to be placed, to right? be placed. Yeah. yeah. So I have been set is a really literal way yeah. of doing this. Some have said I have been appointed. Think about this. His in Paul's view, his chains are not something happening to him, but for him, it's a divine appointment. Mm-hmm. Right. It is an appointment to present the gospel or to defend the gospel um, out of love. Yeah, and in the same way, like, if you, to lie an infant down or to lie, like, a body to rest mm-hmm. eternally, like the like a corpse, they're, they're not, they can't move. Like, an, like a newborn can't go anywhere. And so it's literally, like, God has put me here as a child, like, yeah. as a baby. I'm not, I can't go anywhere. Like, I've, this yeah. is a divine placement. Yeah, one, one message I heard uh, when I was... I was in, I think I was in college, that uh, the the idea of it was don't be so concerned with where you serve, Mm -hmm. um, but be like a tree and just bloom where you're planted. Mm -hmm. And that's what, how Paul is seeing this, that I am here 
to defend the gospel, to present the gospel. This is opportunity for, for gospel. So I'm planted here. I've been set here, came I, uh, and it's to uh, present a defense of the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, which is not just accusatory to our sinful nature. It is It solves our sinful nature. Yeah. Um, so great, great things uh, with this. Um, verse 17 then, which is the, kind of the back half of that, the former, talking about those preaching from envy and rivalry, uh, proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that sounds tiring. Yeah. It sounds absolutely tiring. So their motivation then is epitheia, is selfish ambition. Great. Yeah. Word. Epitheia. Yeah. It means out of hostility. Yeah. To gain out of hostility. Metaphorically. Yes. Because literally it means like electioneering, like as a politician goes and yes. puts yard signs everywhere and goes, uh, like it literally has been, it's used in politicians in the Greek language to mean like I am promoting myself for election. Like let's do this. Yeah. And in this context, it's vote for me because I'm not that guy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was. It just sounds so uh, unsustainable, mm-hmm. right? Unsustainable. And Paul says, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. And possibly the way they inflict him is by undoing some of his preaching, yeah. um, which is not out of love or out of defense of the gospel. Um, okay, so this kind of sent me on a little bit of a rabbit trail when I was looking stuff up, because... I have been reading some very un- over over a while some very uncomfortable amount of research being done on those who are clergy or in the pastorate or in ministry who have fallen away from their faith in even the belief of the existence of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's very mind-boggling to that, and so it it it, it makes me think. Okay, why preach? And like, what are we doing? <laughs> what what are we doing? I've got in front of me, um, which of course our listeners can't see, but about forty pages of research that I haven't filed through all all the way of those who still serve in their church, but do not have a faith that they personally uh, foster, they, that they personally feed into. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to read an abstract of one of these things. There are systematic features of contemporary Christianity that create an almost invisible class of non-believing clergy, ensnared in their ministries by a web of obligations, constraints, comforts, and community. Uh, They talk about where they do the research on, and then they say something to the fact of the in-depth qualitative interviews form the basis for profiles of all these individuals, together with general observations about their predicaments and how they got into them. In other words, they feel like their imprisonment is the ministry mm. <laughs> and that they can't get out, and it's no longer about the good news. Yeah. It's, it's just about the job. And again, that sounds awful to me. And there are entire organizations that have now been put together of those who they don't feel like they can leave the ministry because that's the only thing they've ever been trained to do. Um, and so they find community in those who also have unfaith like they do. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. Th- that's wild. And like, I, see, I can't imagine 
like ministry is hard work. It's but, really hard. Like emotionally and physically and spiritually just taxing. And so if you don't have a faith, like I get that. I mean, my degrees in preaching, I don't know what I could do with that. But man, if my heart wasn't in it, then you just couldn't, I would have to leave. Like there, I don't, cause it's not, it has to it, be a calling. It right? wouldn't be. Yeah. It wouldn't like, and how can you be called on one that doesn't exist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. just, it, I don't know. This might sound bad, but like, it wouldn't be worth it if you didn't believe in the call. <laughs> like, cause it's law. It, you have like, you're always there, always ready. It's hard emotionally and spiritually and physically. And so if you're just like going, if you're, you know, I don't believe it, but I'll try it. Like, why are you put, why would you do this? Well, look at Paul's case. (laughs) Exactly. It's exhausting, man. Like it's ministry for Paul was imprisonment by the government. Yeah. Who signs up for that? (laughs) Right. Who signs up for that? And I don't know about you, but I've prayed several times. (laughs) God, if there's anything else, man. Yeah. (laughs) You you know, make it pretty clear. (laughs) Yeah. If there's any, if there's a, if, if I'm not supposed to be doing this, Let's move here. Yeah. Well, let's 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 get some traction on this. That sounds awful to me. Yeah. To be clergy that doesn't have a faith in God, or to believe in His existence. Mm-hmm. And I maybe throughout this study I can present some more information on that because I'm I'm just starting to scratch the surface on this. But it is wild uh, how many people in ministry do not actually follow Christ. Yeah. Uh, so pay attention to that, and man, pray for your pastors. I mean, seriously, pray for them, because the ones I know have a sincere uh, desire for their people to walk with Jesus, even in the midst of the struggle of their own walk. Yeah. And so pray for that, and, and let's spur one another on in that. So... It kind of transitions pretty well then to the to the next verse because Paul asks a question: What then? Mm-hmm. Right? What then? Verse eighteen: Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. And I just my my big takeaway with that, and and I didn't do a ton of word studies on this because these words are going to show up um, I, in, in other places, and maybe you have a couple of them. But my big takeaway from that verse is Paul's choice. Like in chains, I choose to see the good news, or Christ is proclaimed, and that's reason enough for me to rejoice or celebrate or worship. Yeah, yeah. So, um, pretense or in truth. So, whatever your motivation is for doing this, at least Christ is proclaimed. Mm-hmm. Let's celebrate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. The word pretense, I'll just throw that out mm-hmm. there, uh, is profase, profase, mm-hmm. uh, which is literally just an outward. Sh- it means a show, <laughs> outwardly yeah. showing. So it it's kind of it is a great way to end. Like, what then? Only in every way that whether somebody's just showing it outwardly and they mm-hmm. didn't absorb it, or if they are in truth, they are yeah legitimately in christ and can i tell you that's the battle <laughs> yeah uh, that, that is the absolute battle uh yeah. that everyone i know who's in ministry doesn't turn it into an entertainment thing but would do this as paul says sincerely mm-hmm. right um and at the end of the day may the show may we see through the makeup yeah i mean we 
if we wanted to be entertainment, my name would be Homer Belts, and we would be talking about <laughs> baseball starting this week. Exactly. So. It, in in it, every single thing that's that's used, whether it's on stage or whether it's in you know in conversation, mm-hmm. be used to proclaim yeah. Christ, right? And don't confuse excellence and don't confuse organized with the pretense, mm-hmm. um, because. May we never say come to us because we put on a great show. Yeah, come come look at our stage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that stage is handled with care to point everyone who's involved with it toward the proclamation of Christ. Yeah, uh, at least that's the heartbeat of that. And for that, let's just let's choose to rejoice. Mm-hmm. Like, let's make the choice to rejoice. Yeah. Wow. No. Yeah. It's it is something that I I think everybody should wrestle with because like i do a silly i started a silly video series called sam surprises staff Mm -hmm. on our youtube page where i just go to uh different staff members Mm -hmm. and ask them silly questions and give them points and you won last month yeah but um can only go down from here (laughs) but i have been prayerful about it because it it is kind of just entertainment like there's nothing to it but the uh and I, I'm saying this because I want not only to self-edify, but yeah. also because I think it is a good example. example. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The word is example. Yeah. The um, words, man. <laughs> the, the reason I wanted to start it was because one day somebody came to me after I made a mistake online and they said, wow, I just see you so different. And I was like, what do you mean? They said, you just seem so human now. And I was like, I've always been a human. Yeah. Just because I'm online or a preacher or a pastor doesn't mean I'm not a person. Yeah. And I thought it would be a cool way to be like, I want people to know that their pastors are still people. Yeah. And that that's glorifying God is as simple as being a person. <laughs> it's like I, you I can would... you can be a human being and still be work for a church or preach or do anything. And so uh we're just people that work. I wish Sometimes people could see us like in staff meeting, yeah, or see us in in we have like impromptu conversations yeah. that like we have. We can be silly, you know, silly and wrong, yeah, <laughs> in in struggle. Uh, in and I, I I like to think we we try to be as genuine as possible, mm-hmm. but at the same time we do have a a message to present, and we need to do this with excellency and integrity and do it well mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 it's the tension that every minister I know lives in oh yeah um, and this tug of we have a holy message to bring to a lost world and we need to know about both and it, that we're you know we also are trying to figure that out yeah it's such a weird play because you want to be attractional you want to be attractive enough to bring people in, but not so attractional that you're just a show. Yeah. You know, you're like, I want, we want the place to look nice Mm -hmm. and sound good and, and the sermon to be good, like be well enough heard that people will be like, well, I could listen to him, but you don't want to be so much that, that it just becomes like about a theater. Yeah. About how well we put it on about the pretense right yeah, exactly that 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 it does become about the truth and the re- that's the reason why we try to make the place look good is because we want to present truth mm-hmm. the reason why the stage looks the way it does is because we want to present truth and we don't we don't want to hinder it yeah um and it's a it's a weird space to operate in and live in and work in 
Uh, and, and for Paul, he's saying, yeah, even my chains are that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's real that tension for him is woe is me, can be woe is me on this. Mm-hmm. But instead, he chose to, to see the advancement of the gospel yeah. with that. Um, and let, let's not let that get where it is, lest we be part of this clergy that is preaching something we don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, that just sounds like a torturous life. Yeah. It just sounds awful. If what we're presenting, if what we're saying through or, or reading and, and trying to explain through Philippians is not true, this is just awful. Mm-hmm. Paul calls it vanity. Mm-hmm. And I, I just... Just doesn't sound good. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. What's the adage that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? And that sounds clever and it sounds even hokey, but I want that to be true. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want people to know how much we care, and if that's a way that we can do that through something on this as simple as a podcast, or as. Uh, that we can demonstrate that in front of a group or that we can do that one-on-one um, that we ought to be tested on how much we care. Yeah. And, and, and I'm okay with that because we do, we, we, most ministers I know desperately care and they want people to care as much as they do. Yeah. So anyhow, that's, that's through verse 18 in chapter one. Yeah. Or most of 18 through chapter one. Yeah. We skipped the last. Yeah. Well, it, we pe- we'll pick words. up with 18 next week. Yes. Or, and I forgot. Kai. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, next week is Philippians one nineteen well eighteen C yeah. through uh thirty. Yeah. So as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or want to tell us we're wrong in any way, you can contact me at Sammy Lowe at SouthRockChristian.com. He's Nick P at SouthRockChristian.com. And I think that's it from us. So yeah. until next week. Have a good one. Yeah. Oh, happy Easter, too, coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, fair point. Resurrection Sunday, probably before the next time you get to hear us. For sure. Yeah. Yep. So, hey, happy Easter. And we'll see you, unless you're listening to this, you know, at any other time. Then still happy resurrection. Yeah. Happy (laughs) resurrection. We should end every podcast. You know what? Happy resurrection. Hashtag happy resurrection. Yeah. There you go. Gosh. Okay. (laughs) What a way to end. All right. We'll see y'all.